Well, what can you do today to ensure you have the best marriage possible? You've got to put something in before we can take something out. And so that's romance and kindness. We choose how much we're going to put in. And the more we put in uh, on these special events, but also on every single day, the more is going to build up and that will make all the difference. Welcome to Building Relationships with Dr. Gary Chapman, author of the New York Times bestseller, The Five Love Languages. If you and your spouse are struggling in your marriage, you may be closer to your best marriage yet. Today, author Anthony Delaney gives some practical help and hope to improve your relationship. The Best Marriage is the title of today's featured resource at 5lovelanguages.com. B-E-S-T is an acronym that we're going to talk about. It's subtitled, Why Settle for Less? And it fits perfectly with Dr. Chapman's goal of providing simple ways to strengthen relationships. Again, go to 5lovelanguages.com. Gary, I think a lot of couples get into February, the month of love, and they get past Valentine's Day and they wonder, where are we going in this relationship? What's happening between us that needs to be addressed? Is that a, a good thing, good question to ask? Well, I think it is always a good question to ask, and particularly if, if the Valentine's Day experience didn't go well, you know, no flowers, no candy, no dinner. <laughs> we need to be asking, hey, where, where are we going? What, what's going on here? This is the one time of the year when everybody's thinking about love. So uh, I'm really excited about our talk today about having the best marriage. So best, of course, for us, but every, every marriage can always be better. And that's what we want to do. Let's move toward having a better marriage. I like that. Well, let me reintroduce Anthony Delaney. We spoke with him last year. He served as a police officer in inner city Manchester, England for 10 years before going into church leadership. He now leads Ivy Church, which is a church planting movement. He founded Launch Church Multiplication Catalyst, which is a global community drawing together hundreds of church and network leaders to be inspired and commissioned to multiply disciples, leaders, churches, and movements. He's an author. He speaks and teaches throughout Europe and Africa. Married to Zoe, they have three adult children, four grandchildren, and our featured resource is his book, The Best, B-E-S-T, Marriage, Why Settle for Less. Find out more at 5lovelanguages.com. Well, Anthony, welcome back to Building Relationships. Thank you so much, Dr. Gary. It's wonderful to be with you guys again. I so appreciated uh, our time together last time and was thrilled by the invitation to join you again. Thank you for making time for me. Well, we're excited about our conversation today. First, the word in the title, BEST, B-E-S-T, is an acronym. We're going to dig into it deeper in a bit, but what do these four letters stand for? Well, just briefly, as you said, we want to keep on getting marriages better, and uh, we we do that by uh, blessing one another by realizing the other person is a blessing to me, certainly never a curse, by encouraging one another and finding ways we can build one another up rather than tear down, by sharing vulnerably where we're at and listening for the other person and their heart. And then touch is so important, um, you know, just physical touch and also just everything that we can do to bring the romance uh, and to keep the flame burning. Well, we're going to dig into those deeper as we move along in our program today. Uh, you and your wife have now been married for nearly 36 years. What have you done to try to ensure you have the best marriage? Well, uh, since we last spoke, it was interesting to hear that uh, it said that last time I had four uh, grandchildren. The great news is we've now got six, 
And uh, for me, as the <laughs> as the years uh, roll on, um, we continue to get all kinds of wonderful blessings that come into our life through marriage. And I think, first of all, just to start with that and to recognize that this is one of God's greatest ideas um, and that you know, we know it starts off. Um, every every couple, I think, nobody wants to settle for less than the best at the beginning, but then we realize it takes work. We have to continue to work at it. And, you know, somebody said love is a verb. It's not a noun. It's it's not just something that you say or, or something that you have or, or even something that you always feel. Um, but as we continue to uh, to do the things that uh, that loving couples do, um, then we start perhaps to to have those feelings that keep coming back uh, and building them over time. And so we don't just have the same relationship. We continually renew it together. And uh, and that for me is one of the exciting things about marriage. It isn't static. It's meant to be flourishing. Yeah, and that's exciting. I think uh, marriage should be a whole lot better after 10 or 15 or 20 years than it was in the first year, <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Chris and I were talking earlier uh, about this idea of uh, kind of examining your marriage once in a while, evaluating it. Is it helpful for a couple to evaluate where you are in your marriage uh, periodically? And if so, uh, how, how, how do you go about that? Yeah, I think it's just to check in and to um, obviously, first of all, look at yourself and um, rather than just look at the other person and find out whether or not you think they're doing a good job of it. Um, every marriage has um uh, has has like a room for improvement it's like in every home um there's probably if you look around there's a room that you kind of think we could do with uh you know a little bit of upkeep there or else it's going to soon look a little bit drab and tired and i think that's a picture really in our married life is that um rather than just despair just because you've got a room in the in the house that uh, needs some work you don't say let's demolish this place you say let's uh, let's work together on that um, but it's good to be able to evaluate that and say, well, what is what's great right now? First of all, start with that. What's really good, and um, and, and what are we enjoying? And then perhaps after that, we could say, okay, well, what's not so great? What are the areas that we could improve upon? Uh, and again, the the idea is you're not trying to fix the other person. You're trying to fix the problem. You're trying to fix uh, yourself as well, um, in order to be able to to have that that strong marriage, which is just a joyful. Um, uh, union together. I think there has to be a certain level of uh, health in the relationship in order to evaluate it together, right? Because if it's really mm-hmm. critical and uh, kind of devastated, both of you, it's hard to, to talk about those things. But we're not going to make progress without communication. That's right. And I think what we've tried to do I'm not saying we've done this uh, perfectly over, but what I've learned is that it's useful to reunite. As you were saying, at uh, Valentine's is a good time to to assess in some way, and you know, hopefully, you're going to be able to, um, you know, do something romantic around uh, around that time. But actually, just regularly checking in and reuniting, perhaps at the end of the day, rather than just um, sitting on your phones or on devices and everything, but just to to come back together again and say, how are you and how are we? Um, yeah. is, is going to keep on the, you know, maintaining the marriage is, is, uh, is so important. And if we don't do that, then we're going to find out major, we need major repair when we could have um, got some help and uh, help one another to keep the, 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 the problems uh, smaller.
Well, Anthony, as you know, I am big on uh, love and the love languages and couples meeting that emotional need for love in the relationship. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you and your wife do to keep love alive, to, to meet that emotional need for each other? Well, Gary, we have been so blessed, I've got to say, by your book and by the, the concepts of the five love languages and that we, um, you know, we, we've realized, you know, as you look at them, there's time and words and actions and gifts. And we've done our own assessment on that. And it's pretty clear we're not the same. And um, my my major love language would be words, words of affirmation. Um, I, I'm, you know, I need that. And uh, and Zoe is, is time. It's quality time. And, and what I can do is I can think, well, if I just tell her she's wonderful and that she's a great mom and that she's, a, uh, you know, a wonderful wife, etc., but I'm not spending any time with her, it would build me up to hear those kind of words and that kind of affirmation. It, it doesn't, it should water off a duck's back for her. So I have to, I have to do what is sacrificial often for me. I have to get the diary out and I have to put her in first. Uh, I have yeah. to say, uh, these vacations that we're going to take are non-negotiable, and, and this day off that we spent, those things that we planned together, um, I'm, I'm not j- just going to say I'm too busy for that because I have to say over over the years I've learned that the hard way. You know, uh, I've ended up not prioritizing my wife in my marriage. I've often prioritized my ministry over my yeah. marriage, and it's yeah. been at those times that we've ended up in really in difficult situations. And as I say in the book, you know, I'm not proud of it but in, and i'm not ashamed of it either that we've ended up having to go to good christian marriage counseling to be able to help us and especially to help me to be yeah. able to make sure we're speaking the same language um yeah. so that we can uh, keep the love alive i wish all pastors and wives did what you're saying you know and recognize that the wife and the marriage is priority mm-hmm. and yes ministry is important but if, if we fail in our marriage, you know, our model is going to do more harm than, than all the other things we're doing in our ministry. So, yeah, that's, that's very encouraging. Today on Building Relationships with Dr. Gary Chapman, we're talking with author and speaker Anthony Delaney about making your marriage the best it can be. Our featured resource is his book, The Best Marriage, Why Settle for Less. Find out more at 5lovelanguages.com. That's 5lovelanguages.com. Anthony, the last time uh, you were with us on the program, uh, you talked about your career as a police officer. Uh, did that prepare you for what you're doing in ministry now, or how, how do you view that uh, part of your life? Well, absolutely. I think that at the age of um, 18, believe it or not, I was walking um, one of the hardest beats in the city here, and I got in, involved in some very difficult situations, and particularly domestic situations and arguments and and so I saw the extremes of when relationships break down. Um, and I also had to, in some way, grow up pretty fast because I found myself in uh, in those hard situations, effectively trying to be a married counselor for people who were older than me, who were like my parents' age, and uh, and helping with those kind of things. Now, it was only later, though, I think, when I became a Christian and over the years of becoming a pastor that I found that, in the end, people are people. And, and uh, we know none of us... Um, uh, can just do our lives alone. And so I was grateful to plug into uh, the love, uh, the unconditional love of Jesus Christ for me, which changed me. And then from there to be able to go to him for the wisdom that I need to be able to help uh, other people and uh, to be able to apply, you know, good biblical teaching too, to help people um, to, to learn to, to listen and to love. So, uh, and since then, 
Yeah, I think that having seen the hard um, issues around marriage, that enables me to get a little bit of perspective uh, sometimes when couples come. And yeah, it can be difficult. And of course, sure it can. My 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 marriage has had its struggles, as I've said. But but in the end, I've seen that many more marriages are repairable um, when people are willing to work at it. But we just got to do some pattern interrupts. We've got to say we're not, we're going to stop doing these things. We're going to start doing these things, and that's really some of the things that I've, I've mentioned in the book. I think uh, God does use everything in our lives to prepare us for for ministry, whether we're pastors or just Christians that are seeking to do God's will. Uh, I've often said I probably would never have gone into counseling if my wife and I had not had so many struggles in the early years of our marriage, you know, so that I'm empathetic with people because I've, I've been there. Well, we're, we're talking about uh, how to foster the best marriage. So let's think about special days, uh, birthdays, Valentine's Day, wedding anniversaries, and so forth. Uh, are there things that you've learned not to do in order to have the best marriage? Well, I think, number one, not to forget them is a good thing. <laughs> you know, you put, put them in the calendar. And uh, maybe those guys need to put it in a few days at least before or even some weeks before and plan something. Again, for my wife, she's a quality time person. I want to make sure I'm spending some time with her. Uh, over the years, I've done things. I've, you know, I've gone, all, I've gone crazy. And, and uh, you know, I once um, spent, I, I got us into debt hiring a plane for the two of us to go and uh, go out and fly. And, and in the end, she was afterwards. She, she she said, this present was really for you. It wasn't for me. This was something you really wanted to do. <laughs> and um, so we got to watch that. I, you know, I've done the diamond ring and the earrings and those kind of things. But actually, it was the, it was the time that we were together that filled her heart more than yeah. the gift. Because, again, she's not a gifts person. Now, the person, you know, the one you're married to may be a gifts person, in which case, well, you know, save up. <laughs> but, but I think that... For, for many of us, uh, it's just being able to do the, the things that, that uh, we should be doing and also to avoid, um, you know, things that will, that will spoil the marriage, not just on, on, uh, on, on that day, on the special days, you know, be, but all the, other, all the other days that we're going to be married together. We've got to learn to avoid, um, you know, hurting one another. I, I often think it's like, you know, if our marriage is every day are like an empty box and you've got to put something in before we can take something out because really there's yeah. no... Love in a marriage. The love is in people, and we decide where we're going to put it. And so that's romance and kindness. We choose how much we're going to put in. And the more we put in uh, on these special events, but also on every single day, the more is going to build up, and that will make all the difference. Yeah. Love stimulates love. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Now let's dig into the let's dig into the acronym BEST. B E S T. You told us that the B stands for blessing. And the E, encouraging, and the S for sharing, and the T for touching. So let's spend some time with each, with each, with each of these. Uh, talk a little bit about the blessing. Uh, what do you mean by that? When I got married, my, the vicar who did the wedding, he um, said about three or four times in the, in the service, God has brought you two together, and it's his intention that you stay together. And that's been very important for me to realize. I don't believe that we're just together by chance. And uh, I believe that there was um, a a divine purpose in bringing the two of us together, and that most of the great blessings that have come in my life have come as a result of being married to Zoe. You know, the 
Uh, she's the one who actually first of all introduced me uh, to Jesus Christ, and from there, um, you know, she gave me a Bible, and I started to read it, and, and grew in that uh, relationship with Him first, and then later grew in a relationship with her. We've got, you know, as I said, uh, three wonderful grown-up married uh, kids who all love and serve the Lord, and we've got six grandchildren, beautiful grandchildren, and so many other blessings. They're, they're all connected in some way to her, and so why wouldn't I see that she is? just an amazing blessing for me. Now, does that mean that I I always think she's the most wonderful person on planet Earth and everything's great and everything's rosy? No, but I remember that she's a blessing and I also want to remember to bless her. I want to do some things that are going to make her day special and wonderful and and it's it's and again it doesn't have to be extravagant or cost a lot but if i send her a text if i leave her a note if i'm if i drive her to work and and collect her from work i don't have to do that but i do that because i care for her she works at a busy uh, hospital in the inner city and i want to protect her so as part of what I, my 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 role as a husband is i take i drive her into work and i drop her off right at the door and then when she comes out whatever time it is I'm going to be there when she leaves the emergency department. She's going to be collected by me. She's not going to have to get the bus home. Now, I know this is an example and other people have different, um, you know, they've got different transport situations to me, but I'm just giving that as an example of I want to bless my wife because I recognize that she is a great blessing to me. I can hear some wives saying and thinking to themselves, oh, that's the kind of husband I wish I had. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm I'm hearing you say is you can have this kind of husband if you see him as a blessing to you. You look for the blessing part, and then then you seek to bless him. Chances are he will indeed bless you. So uh, that's a powerful, uh, powerful point. Let's go to encouraging yeah, I think, um, you know, the word literally, the root of it is adding courage. We live in scary times right now, I think, a scary world. People are seeing that the promises of that the world was just going to keep getting, getting better and better. And, um, you know, that the, the government and science and everything could just protect us from um, everything going wrong in the world. Those those promises are kind of falling flat and people are, are anxious and and. And, you know, I was just talking to a guy in my church recently who was saying, please pray for me that I'll be able to, uh, to to help my family not to face the future with fear. And I think that, that uh, one way that we can do that is, is to add courage, to encourage one another and uh, to be the other person's greatest cheerleader, to be there for them. And, and, and when, or when they're down, to say, let me help. What can I do to lift you up? And, uh, and when they're doing great, um, we should be the very first to uh, to celebrate that. And there's all kinds of ways that we can do that. Again, it can be with a hug. It can be um, it can be verbal. And and I think some people maybe think, oh well, I never got that when I was a kid growing up. That really wasn't the way it was in my family. But I'd say to you, well, break that pattern and become the person that that actually does those things because it's going to be such a, a different world for you if you're an encourager. And um, again, if we're Christians. It, it isn't an option for us. And time and time again, the, the Bible would encourage us to encourage one another. Yeah. Pretty fundamental to the Christian lifestyle, right? That we are to be encouraging everyone with whom we interface, and certainly in the marriage. Yeah. All right. Let's move to the word sharing. Yeah. I think really, again, it wouldn't have worked so much in the acronym, but I think it's a vulnerability is what we're talking about here. And again, this can be something we all struggle with. 
Um, it's it's intimacy, and you know, again, I, I love the way that somebody says that word is like into me see. It's it's helping uh, open up up our heart to somebody else so that they get to um, to, to look and, and about what's really going on on the inside. And so often we learn to hide away our hurts or even our hopes and our needs and our desires, and we can expect the other person to be a mind reader. Um, you know, if they, if you really cared about me, then you know how I feel. I've got to say, I'm just as a male, that doesn't really work for me. I, I could do with some help, <laughs> knowing how to help. Uh, and otherwise, um, you know, if we do, if we feel the other person didn't guess because I didn't share, that can open the door to resentment, and uh, that just gets worse. It's a it's a vicious circle when we don't we don't talk and we don't we don't listen. And uh, so yeah, I think that just to be able to Find time again to be able to um, to uh, ask the other person how are you, how is it how are you, how is it going with you right now um, and uh, to talk about um, you know how how your life is going and how you're feeling right now and just a is the greatest stress reliever to be to be heard by the other person and and very often I say that the best way to do that perhaps is to um, like when you go to the fast food drive-through. And you give your order of what burgers you want and, uh, and when you really want fries and all of these kind of things. And then at the end of it, they just repeat it back and to make sure they got it right. And something simple like that, it can sound um, you know, too simple, but I've just found that in, if, when my wife rephrases what I say and, and, and but helps me to be able to and reflect it back to me, I feel heard and, and vice versa. So yeah. those kind of simple things uh, regularly done are going to help. Yeah. I've sometimes encouraged couples to have a daily sharing time, mm. just like we have a daily time with God as Christians. At least I hope we do. We sit down with God and we read the scriptures and say, God, I'm listening. Mm. And then we talk back to God. Well, and that enhances our relationship with God. If we have the same kind of thing with our spouse on a daily basis, we're going to enhance uh, communication. Mm. So I, I like that uh, idea. Uh, all right, let's go to touching. B-E-S-T, touching. Yeah, well, uh, you know, some couples, they're going to say, well, I'm already, we're already touchy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's not what I mean. I mean uh, that, people, that that we are, are reaching out. And again, some people might say, well, that's not really the way it was in my family. I didn't, I didn't grow up around uh, in, a, in a, my folks weren't really the hugging type or, and we could feel awkward, etc. But I just say we, we, it's so important. You know, there's been all kinds of studies that have been done that people, especially when they did it with children, fail to thrive if they haven't been given regular loving touch. And so, you know, if we're not regularly loved, touched in loving ways, we end up becoming fearful people. And again, we don't want that when we're getting married uh, to somebody else. We want to know that this other person loves us. And, and uh, just to um, you know, there's all kinds of benefits that they've even put in in terms of when we kiss, when we hold one another, um, that all these things strengthen the bond of marriage. Uh, the Bible talks us about a married couple becoming one flesh. You can't yeah. do that without touching. It, yeah. it's, 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 in, you know, it's part of the, as we connect uh, with body, soul and spirit, then we, we really uh, grow together. And uh, again, I give some uh, some ideas and statistics for that in uh, in the book. Well, in the book, of course, you you discuss each of these uh, uh, blessing, 
encouraging, sharing, touching. And uh, this book, I think, is very, very practical at that point. And I hope our listeners are, are, are picking up on that and we'll get a copy of it. Thank you. So, Anthony, is there one that's more important than the other in the BEST acronym, or they're all e- of equal weight? Um, I'd just say it's um, probably the one that you feel um, is, is hardest for you to do is the one that you need to do the most, because it's like that's the level that you'll go to. It could be that you find it very easy to encourage the other person and you're very touch-oriented, but actually, um, you, you don't really share. I'd say that, that, that that's, if that's going to be the one that you feel a little bit uncomfortable with, um, do more of that one and build that one up um, and, and work on that. Because if you feel like you're not doing enough, I, I bet you the other person is feeling that they're not receiving <laughs> enough. That kind of goes along with the five love languages, doesn't Gary? Absolutely. Absolutely. Speak the one that's most meaningful to them. And, and sometimes it is the one that's most difficult for you because you probably did not receive it as a child. But as an adult, we do those things that we know are going to enhance the relationship. Thanks for joining us today for Building Relationships with Dr. Gary Chapman, author of the New York Times bestseller, The Five Love Languages. You can find more simple ways to strengthen your relationships by going to fivelovelanguages.com. You can listen to the stream or download the podcast right there. And you'll find a link to the book by author and speaker Anthony Delaney. It's titled The Best Marriage, Why Settle for Less? Find out more at fivelovelanguages.com. Just go to fivelovelanguages.com. Anthony, as you mentioned earlier, the last two years have been challenging for a lot of us. Uh, Have you seen anything positive come from this time of of covid uh, in the in the lives of couples, yeah, I think for sure. I think a lot of um, couples have have come together as they have realised again that they need one another. Um, what could pull us apart um, could also uh, be those things which help us to say, well, what what's life really all about? And and uh, when we couldn't just um, spend time away on, on holidays or, or, or going out eating out in restaurants etc and we're in together then um, some people might think well that's just going to break up the marriage and there has been you know divorce uh, statistics that have been uh, that, that have been have gone up in many many nations however I think that for many of us and I'd certainly say this is true for me um, I've realized that the person who I ended up locked down with, is the most important person in the world for me. And the, the time that we spend together uh, can be really good. And it doesn't it cost the earth. We can, uh, we can spend time together uh, loving one another, listening to one another, you know, playing games and um, all those kind of things. We, we just got away. We actually, um, at one point, we were able to get away and, and buy a, a canoe, like a kayak. And we, it was something <laughs> we'd never done before. And we were able... Um, the restrictions allowed us to be able to go out for some exercise, and we ended up doing that together, just the two of us on a yeah. in a kayak, and and it was it, it was something we'd never done before, and uh, we rediscovered all kinds of things about ourselves, and just being out there in nature, um, way more than we would have been when when I was going off to the office and spending so much time there, being able to work from home, uh, as, as some people have been able to do more, can also be a blessing as long as. Um, we give each other space and we, we give each other, uh, we're patient with one another and, and we're, not, we're not critical. So I think, yeah, I've, I've certainly seen, I've seen that in, in married couples in the church too, 
um, so many of them that have, have come into a, a new appreciation of, of what is most important. When when things have been taken away and have been um, made more difficult, they've actually learned to lean on each other more. Yeah, I think I've seen that uh, uh, here in, in, in my ministry, that couples who had a rather healthy marriage, uh, it's been even better during this time because mm-hmm. they've had, as you said, more time with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, those who really were kind of fractured before COVID set in, uh, it may became more difficult. Yeah. What what has happened in the UK in terms of divorce during the lockdowns and all of that? Do you have statistics about uh, those numbers? Yeah, I read that divorces in the UK unfortunately grew significantly in 2020 under lockdowns, and that this effect has continued in 2021 with inquiries about divorce uh, jumping 136 percent. But I do wonder. You know, there's an awful lot of people. Um, I see signs on the sides of buses and things from divorce lawyers um, who seem to be kind of circling like vultures sometimes around hard mm-hmm. um, issues. And uh, I, 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 as I say, we've been married for all these years um, and I'm grateful that rather than walk out, we've worked it out. And there has mm-hmm. been times when it's been difficult and, and we've said, okay, are we really, is this going to work? What can we do? And we've said, Let's, at one point years ago, it was that even we just said, let's just work this out for the sake of the children. Mm. And some people would say, oh, you know, that's not right. I'm so glad that we did that. I'm so glad that we yeah. didn't give up on our marriage or give up on each other because we change and we grow and we learn and we, um, we learn from each other and we learn together. And I know that, mar- that divorce um, happens and that some, some marriages do break up and I'm, I'm not kind of Pollyanna about any of that. But I just figure that, this, that, that if people do it thinking that they're going to end up happier, then the statistics show, and again, that's in the book, that is not the case. Most people who divorce do not end up happier at the other side of the divorce. So again, my, for anybody listening who's wondering about it, I'd say, is there anything else that you can do, anything else you can try just to be able to, to bring healing rather than to bring even more fracture? Yeah. I know that in uh, the U.S., the statistics are that the divorce rate in second marriages is mm. higher than first marriages. So obviously the answer was not running. You know, I like your word, rather than walking out, let's work it out. Uh, because it does take effort. We have to make some changes in ourselves. Yeah. Now, some view marriage uh, today as an outdated institution. Uh, why has marriage continued through the years, and why should it continue to be important in the years ahead? Well, it's the single biggest predictor of human happiness is social relationship quality. And the, again, figures show if you're married, you're twice as likely to report that you have a happy life. Um, you know, we have married couples are earn more money, usually pay less tax, they're less likely to cheat and be cheated on. As a result, they experience better mental and emotional health with less depression and anxiety, and men are half as much at risk of suicide if they're married. Married couples are less likely to abuse alcohol or drugs, and being married reduces the possibility and frequency of domestic violence. All those figures um, can be backed up statistically. So again, marriage is God's idea. And I believe it, 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 he intended that, um, that, that men and women would be in this lifelong loving relationships 
for their own good and so that uh, families could be strengthened, so that children could come into the, 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 the best possible start in life to be able to have uh, a, a, a loving mum and dad around them. And again, we know that families these days are very different and people have um, all kinds of, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's remarriages and all those kind of things. I'm, I'm not looking and just saying, here's a perfect picture. Um, but what I do believe is that marriage is, is a, it, in the Church of England marriage service, the service starts by saying marriage is a gift of God in creation and a means of his grace. And I fully believe that, uh, that it really is. I think uh, when people uh, in our culture and today's culture for the last many, many years, it's the idea that if we don't have to get married, we can live together, we can... Uh, they don't have to commit for a lifetime mm. because maybe one person's going to make me happy now and somebody else make me happy later. But that whole philosophy is really kind of centered on me and my happiness. Mm. Uh, and marriage is, marriage is twofold. I mean, you've listed a lot of the positive things that come out of it, uh, but it also in, it means that I'm going to invest my life in somebody else you know, mm-hmm. help them to have the, the, a good life. So, but, but there's real joy and, and satisfaction uh, in helping other people. And in marriage, you know, giving yourself to your spouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's, not, it's not all just work. It's, it's, it's the reward. It's the satisfaction of seeing your spouse accomplish things for God and good in the world, right? Absolutely. Um, it's to see that she couldn't be who she is without me and vice versa. Hmm. And I think that goes right back to the picture of Adam and Eve that, you know, God looked at Adam and said, no good for that guy to be alone. And, um, even he, even God, the almighty, the, the father said, uh, he's going to need this other person to be all I made him to be. Hmm. And I think that that again is another picture of what can happen in a marriage that the person comes along to help us and to complete us and to, to, to shape us and uh, inform us more and more into who we were made to be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, communication is a key issue and a key part of a marriage. Uh, we've touched a little bit on that earlier, but how does the acronym that you use in the book, THINK, T-H-I-N-K, how does that fit? Uh, what, what, what does that mean in terms of communication? Oh, well, I heard that early on in my marriage. I think it was Dr. Alan Redpath uh, who, who said that in all of our communication, but I, so for me it fits in, in marriage, it, it's um, before you speak, think, and is ask yourself, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it kind? And if it fails any of those tests, then you know why would I bring that communication into our marriage? It's not going to, it's not going to help. It's going to uh, pull the other person down, and it's going to just cause more, more, more trouble than not. You know, just to, it's, it's better to speak um, lovingly and and non-defensively. I found very, uh, very often in marriage over the years, what 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 I've tried to get better at is to be non-defensive in the way in which I speak. And uh, because actually, after all, we're on the same side. You know, you mentioned Alan Redpath, and I have to stop and say that many years ago when I was in Chicago at Moody Bible Institute, he was the pastor of Moody Church. 
And I went to Moody Church every Sunday morning for three years while I was at Moody Bible Institute. And it was the first time in my life I had ever heard expository preaching, you know, Mm -hmm. just working through the scriptures. Absolutely. He had an incredible ministry in my life, and I haven't heard his name mentioned in many years now. But (laughs) uh, Well, okay, I went off on a sidetrack, but (laughs) I just wanted to share that. Yeah. Uh, but communication, I love that idea. Think before you speak, it, mm-hmm. you know, and I like the, the questions you asked there. Uh, what's been the biggest lesson that your wife has taught you uh, about marriage? Oh, it's a hard one. I think uh, number one would be she's right. And number two, if in doubt, <laughs> refer to number one. I like that. I like that. (laughs) I I mean, I've got to say, I think, you know, looking back, I I do get a lot wrong. I've learned to be, I'm I'm certainly, I hope as marriage has gone on, I'm a little less proud. And I realize that actually there's all kinds of things that my my first instincts on, I might be completely wrong. And actually to listen to her, uh, she's got insight I haven't got. Um, She's got uh, wisdom that I haven't got. So why wouldn't I listen to that? Why would I close that down? And I look back over the years and realize that so often I did, I closed that down. And Mm -hmm. ultimately, I I think it's just part of the final one of the think one is is that it's just kind to actually recognize that, uh, that, that she's got, really valuable loving import that will help me and so often in the past i might say hey why are you why are you why don't you just when you're criticizing me or you're pulling me down and, and it would hurt her because she wasn't she was trying to help so yeah. i think yeah, yeah to recognize that uh, she's there as a with a gift of, of wisdom for me yeah i've sometimes said to husbands why would you make a decision based on your own wisdom when you're married to a person who's made in God's image and has, you know, a, a, another another perspective, you know, mm. and you put both of your perspectives together, you're probably going to make the wisest decision rather than simply doing what you think you ought to do. Lovely. Yeah, that's so true. This is Building Relationships with Dr. Gary Chapman, author of the New York Times bestseller, The Five Love Languages. Anthony Delaney is our guest, the author of our featured resource titled The Best Marriage, Why Settle for Less? Find out more at 5lovelanguages.com. Again, go to 5lovelanguages.com. Well, in the other segment, uh, Anthony, I ask you about uh, how your wife had influenced you. Uh, I want to ask this question. What is the biggest lesson you've learned about marriage from your adult children? Mm, Well, um, again, there's three of them, they're all in different marriages. They obviously, they're married to different kinds of people. They have different um, settings. Some, two of them have got children at different stages that the other couple haven't yet had children. But I'd say, as I look at them now, uh, it's, it's just as hard now for them to, in marriage, if not harder. I think that there's even more um, pressures on marriage than when I got married back in 1987. I think that now, uh, 2022, is a tough time to be married. There's all kinds of assaults that are coming against marriage, and there's pressures financially and from societal um, norms, etc., that come against them. And, and so in many ways, I think what I've learned is uh, it's just to be there for them when they need me and that they don't need advice, even mm. though I've written a book on marriage. They, they just need 
uh, somebody to listen to them and to be there and and to know I'll be there for them, um, what, however I can be in whatever way I can be. And, and uh, I often feel so unqualified to give them um, a lot of advice because I, I think they're doing a great job in, uh, in, in hard times. Yeah, yeah. We can always learn from our children, and obviously as parents we want to help them, mm. but as you said, we don't give unsolicited advice. No. Yeah. <laughs> if they ask our opinion, we can give our opinion. Yeah. And and certainly they will likely they will likely read your book. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They better Dad wrote this book, I think I'm gonna read it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right, one other question along those lines. What's been the biggest lesson you've learned from your parents in their marriage? Well, my parents worked, uh, I suppose you guys would call them kind of blue-collar workers. They worked in a cotton mill all their lives. And my mom worked daytime. My dad worked nights for a lot of uh, the time when I was growing up. And uh, it, it was a hard, you know, it was a pretty poor area that we were growing up in the inner city. And I never heard them complain. Um, mm. And they worked really hard. My dad would work 10, 12-hour shifts at night, come in, and he would love my mom and vice versa. And, and any time they got to spend together, they made the very best of it. They made the most of it. They always spoke well of one another. And uh, my dad went to be with the Lord about 15 years ago now, and uh, my mom still misses him every single day. Um, mm. uh, but... I, uh, yeah, it's tough, but I think that that's what I learned is that, that everybody, uh, you, you can't say, oh, because my shifts are, are hard or because my work is, is hard, we can't um, love one another and we can't have a good, strong marriage. You have to make the best of whatever it is that you've got for now. And I, I really saw that that's what they did. Yeah. You know, Anthony, you just uh, touched a memory in my heart because my mom and dad also worked in a cotton mill. Oh. And my mom worked on the first shift, and my dad worked at night. Wow. <laughs> You're bringing up memories to me, Anthony. <laughs> uh, what, what about the person who feels like, you know, I'm the one that's doing all the work in this marriage, and mm. the other person's just not trying? What would you say to them? Well, welcome to married life. It feels like that sometimes. Um, and and I'd say the more than likely in that sense, probably need to calm down a little bit. That's what I'd say to myself in those situations, because when I feel underappreciated, when I feel like the things that I'm doing aren't being noticed, etc., then that can be a danger point. I could end up uh, saying something later that I regret. And it's at that point, maybe that, again, I can go back to the illustration about, I talked about love, you know, being like a, a there's a box and you decide what you're going to put into it. And um, just put something in and keep on um, putting it in. We reap what we sow. And it, and it takes, it's, but sometimes, I remember what Andy Stanley says, that the reaping what we sow in, it isn't immediate. Um, it's always later and greater. And so if we plant uh, a word of encouragement or, or love or, or even going and buying the flowers or, or, taking, or booking the date together, the, it might feel like it, it's only a little thing. Um, but those little things grow and you're, you're building up a deposit in the love bank in the heart of the other person. And as you do that, um, you're going to see over time uh, that that will reap benefits. Everybody's fighting the battle and the other person is too. And, and at some point, just to be able to, to pull back 
from that feeling that oh, why am I having to do it all and uh, and and just just try again would be what I would encourage you to because I do believe as we do that it can and often does get better. Well, Anthony, as we come to the end of our time together, let me ask you this question. What if there's a husband who's listening to us right now and he's saying in his mind, you guys don't understand. I've been sleeping on the couch for a month. There's no hope for us. What would you say to that man? Well, this really isn't a plug for the book, except to say, actually, in some ways, right near the end, I describe a time just not that long ago when I felt in a very similar position when myself and my wife were having all kinds of pressures and struggles. And one night it came to the point where I, I decided I wasn't going to get in the marital bed. I was going to go and sleep in the bed next door. And I'd never done that. Um, mm. I got in that bed and then I heard a little voice inside of me that said, um, your wife's in the other room. And I knew that was God. I knew that was the voice of the Holy Spirit. And even though I, when I got in bed, we had that kind of invisible 12 feet tall wall that separates us and we're not talking and all of those kind of things. It gave us the chance the next day to start to rebuild. So I'd say to that, that man, why don't you pray, ask for the Lord's help, and then get up off the couch and, uh, and go and talk to your wife. There's always hope because we're human, and humans can make changes, mm. and especially if you reach out to God. Well, Anthony, uh, I really appreciate uh, your joining us again today in the conversation. I've enjoyed our time together, first of all, but the content and the content of this book is so practical and so helpful, and I know that many of our listeners are going to want to get the book, and I hope that they will, because sometimes if we just simply work through a book together, you know, both of us reading the same mm. chapter and asking, what can I learn from this chapter? Uh, it can be a, a, a roadway, a pathway to, enhan to enhancing our marriage. So thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Dr. Gary. It's been a great privilege. And if you'd like to find out more about how to make your marriage the best it can be, go to the website, fivelovelanguages.com, featured resource, Anthony Delaney's book, The Best Marriage, B-E-S-T, Why Settle for Less?, Find out more at fivelovelanguages.com. Again, fivelovelanguages.com. And next week, your calls about relationships, the love languages, and more. It's a special encore edition of Dear Gary. Don't miss it. A big thank you to our production team, Steve Wick and Janice Todd. Building Relationships with Dr. Gary Chapman is a production of Moody Radio in association with Moody Publishers, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Thanks for listening.